This is the Workday Red Zone on the Ticket Radio Network. Here's your host, Kara Ritchie. Hello, friends. New year, new you. Same old Workday Red Zone. Feels a little weird to be in the studio today. Not not bad weird, just, you know, different weird. It's been a moment since I personally have had this view. I'll be cheesy and go ahead and say it's been, it's been, it was last year. The last time I sat in the seat. Talked into this microphone. But uh, I'm stalling. We might as well get through the intro here and tell you what's going to be coming out today on our very first show of 2024. This is the Workday Red Zone. Thank you for tuning in with us on the Ticket Radio Network, all over your radio dial, and also online at 953theticket.com. We are also streaming on that EAB Media Group app. Just get that downloaded to your smartphone. Search for the Ticket logo, and you're going to be all set. If you want to shout at us today, number still the same, 870-930-3776 on the Right Fiber Hotline by Ritter Communications. And uh, same old, same old in terms of the way to reach us on social media as well. Facebook.com slash The Ticket Radio and on Twitter at Kara underscore Richie. Uh, I will get a CavanaughCards.com question posted here uh, sometime in the next 15 minutes and you'll be able to find it by using the hashtag WDRZ. I am Kara Ritchie, joined in studio today by producer Ryan James. Yep, good to be here at the start of a new year. You do, right. do you make New Year's resolutions? No, I do not. I'm going to set the record straight. I do not because I don't think I would be able to honor them more than a day. <laughs> so you don't even try? You're just I don't I don't even try. I, you know, I, I'm trying to think what's... I've, I, sometimes I've tried to cheat and think about what my friends have done and see if I could steal <laughs> one of theirs and just like, God, I, I don't even think I could do that. I'm very lazy about it. So I probably should, though. We'll figure We can figure out a resolution for you before the show's over. Something like that. I mean, at least like strive to eat more donuts or something. Oh, done. <laughs> I like I like that one. I like that one. So we've, one. Uh, we've got that accomplished. We've got Ryan's New Year's resolution taken care of. Uh, we look forward to talking more about yours. And several other things as, as we get underway here on the show today. A heads up, uh, it, it is Tuesday, Tuesday, January the 2nd. If you're like me and you've had a little bit of a blur between Christmas and New Year's, you kind of just need to be reminded what day it is. And uh, again, Tuesday. And since it is Tuesday, that does mean we're going to have a conversation today with Voice of the Red Wolves, Matt Stoltz. Let's throw some headlines at you and then we will dive into some additional conversations and uh, also kind of I'll, I'll tell you where I'm at in terms of the com question. But looking around uh, over the New Year's weekend, Arkansas State basketball tipped off Sunbelt Conference play. And the results were a mixed bag playing Saturday on the road at Atlanta. A-State men's basketball overcame an 18-point second-half deficit but ultimately could not complete the comeback and they lost to Georgia State by the final score of 91-90. to Avery Feltz in that game was 6-9 of nine from three-point range and scored a career-high 21 points. Also in that game, Caleb Fields added 20. Meanwhile, A-State women's basketball held off a fierce comeback effort from Coastal Carolina Saturday at First National Bank Arena to start the league slate with an 81-73 to win. Izzy Higginbottom led all scores there. She had 25 points elsewhere. Arkansas men's basketball wrapped up 2023 with a 106-90 win over UNC Wilmington on Saturday. So coming up tonight, Deb, we've got Grizzlies back in action. 
taking on the San Antonio Spurs at FedEx Forum. That game is going to be at 7 right here on the ticket. So <clears throat> a quick note on today. Uh, this is by far, <laughs> by far the most that I've talked to anyone in the past week. So we got some fingers crossed here that I'll, I'll be able to make it through two hours. Uh, kind of a, a little bit of a disclaimer. I feel good today. I feel ready to go today. I feel like we've got two hours of, co- of content for you today. But I've been sick for the past week. So so if you want to call up today and, and you want to talk about like the Tax Slayer Bowl or something that happened like last Tuesday, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm sorry, but I probably missed it. Uh, it was a little bit of a, a, a cold medicine-induced haze. I managed to work my way out of it over the weekend. So I was able to watch Arkansas State basketball on Saturday. I was able to watch those CFP games yesterday and start to kind of get back in the swing of things a little bit. But I'm a little bit fuzzy on a lot of the events that happened last week because I was just, I was so under the weather. Also, today we will have a KavanaughCars.com question for you. But I'm kind of trying to figure out what what direction I want to go. Because there's always so many options when you start a new year. Do you want to throw out bold predictions? Do you want to try and, like, manifest something, speak it into existence for your team in 2024? Do you want to take, like, a a pulse of a fan base or things like that as as we turn the calendar to a a new year? So I'll get it figured out in the first break. But those were just some of the options kind of going through my head. So, uh, again, just if, if you don't mind to bear with me today. Uh, It's been a busy week of being in pajamas and doing nothing. So I'm trying to work my way back into it. Now, that being said, you know, we've still got some things to go back and look over, uh, including, you know, a couple of sports stories from 2023 in in, in general. You know, it was such a weird, wild, wonderful year in terms of of sports. Uh, Some bad, some good. We saw the complete end of college athletic conferences as we know them with the Pac-12 completely dissolving, which wouldn't it be some irony that if if Wisconsin manages, not Wisconsin, excuse me, Washington manages to win an Addy in the final week of the Pac-12's football existence. Uh, but uh, Chiefs, Rangers, Nuggets won some of the pro titles. Georgia football, UConn men's basketball, LSU win, women's basketball. All winning collegiate titles in 2023. We had another Cinderella, at least for a game with number 16, Barley Dickinson beating Purdue. We saw a year ago today, DeMar Hamlin almost dying in front of our eyes. And he returned to the Bills' active roster in October. We saw one living legend in Tom Brady retire again while another in LeBron James became the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Aaron Rodgers traded, then tore his Achilles. We had Wimby Mania. We had Swift Mania. We saw Florida State get snubbed and Otani get paid. More regionally, we saw the Cardinals fall apart and John Morant get suspended. And, of course, hyper-regionally for Arkansas State, the biggest stories of the year include a change in leadership for men's basketball, and a bowl game for football. There'll be a lot of interesting things coming up in 2024. Some of those we could probably predict right here today, or at least guess in terms of different 
championship winners or things like that, throw out some predictions. There's going to be things coming ahead this year that we could never in a million years see coming. And that's the way it always goes, right? We will continue to recap some of the things we saw in 2023 coming up. You know, I, I know it's been 10 days now since A-State football played in that bowl game in Montgomery, but we haven't had a chance to talk about it all together yet, so we are going to get into that today. One thing I want to give you a heads up uh, on uh, coming up in 2024, in fact, coming up here short, we got the Cardinals caravan coming back. And again, since it's been so long, since it feels like we've talked to you all, haven't really gotten to update you on this. Uh, we've been lucky enough to to be a part of this for the past several, several years, and they're coming back to Jonesboro. The Cardinals caravan is going to overall visit six states in just four short days, and it's a great opportunity to see current Cardinal players, alumni, and broadcasters. Of course, as in years past, kids 15 and under are going to receive one autograph from each current and formal, former player. This is coming up not this Saturday, but the following Saturday, January the 13th at the Embassy Suite. So same place we had it last year. Still working to finalize uh, if the time is going to be the same. I would anticipate it will be so around that noon window and then also the Cardinals have not announced the player attendees yet, but that should be happening any day now. And of course, the moment that they do, we will let you know as well. But again, go ahead and mark the calendar, set an alarm, whatever you need to do for that. Again, Saturday, January the 13th, the Cardinals caravan coming to Jonesboro at the Embassy Suites. We need to step aside. I got to figure out a question today. I got to figure out exactly what direction we're going to go. If we're going to look ahead, if we're going to recap. If we're going to ask everybody for their New Year's resolution, we got we got to put something out there for our KavanaughCars.com question. But we'll go ahead and step aside, take our first break here in this noon hour, brought to you by the real estate experts at Dustin White Realty. And we'll return right after this here on The Ticket. When she's not watching sports, she's talking about sports. And when she's not talking sports, she's tweeting about it. All right, boys, how did I tweet on this thing? It's Kara Ritchie on the Workday Red Zone. Nebo Auto Center, your original new car alternative, has been a Northeast Arkansas staple for over 20 years. If you're in the market for a late model, low mileage car, truck, or SUV, go see the experienced, hassle-free staff at Nebo. With a well-stocked lot of vehicles that fit almost any budget, check out the inventory and apply for credit online at neboauto.com and go see them at 3910 Stadium Boulevard just south of the bypass. Just look for the red roof. We go Nebo. In a new year with many changes to come, one thing you can always count on staying the same is Mr. T's being open 365 days a year, even on Sunday. Mr. T's is the home of the coldest beer at the absolute lowest prices. And no matter which direction you're coming from, it's always worth the drive to Mr. T's. Either cross those Kahlua colored water of the St. Francis River at Riverside or head to Mr. T's Express in Red Onion, Missouri. And as always, Mr. T's reminds you to drink responsibly. Mr. T's at Riverside. Have you been struggling to find the right in-home care for your loved one? Well, look no further than Cornerstone Caregiving in Jonesboro. Their trusted staff can't wait to meet your loved one. They want to know what cereal they prefer, what music they listen to, what makes them feel most like themselves. They're proud to offer a thoughtful arrangement of services that promise compassionate care for you or your loved one. For more information, visit cornerstonecaregiving.com slash Jonesboro. Cornerstone Caregiving, where compassionate care meets you right where you are. In January of 2017, I was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. And within 24 hours of that diagnosis, uh, we found ourselves here in Memphis at St. Jude. 
they knew what they were doing. They knew how they were going to treat her. They laid out this elaborate plan. We didn't know what the future was or if there even was a future. But with St. Jude, there was. Not that long ago, the survival rate was 4%. 4%. But through the work and research that St. Jude does, that's now 94%. And you know how that got done? It's through donations, by people getting behind this mission that no child dies in the dawn of life. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Roxanne Watson is on a mission. Hello, how are you doing today? She wants more people to register as organ, eye, and tissue donors. Are you an organ donor? Yes, I am. My goal is to sign up the most people in the United States. (laughs) What drives her? Roxanne's own life was saved through the gift of a heart transplant, made possible by an organ donor. I decided that day that I was going to devote myself to the cause of organ donation and signing people up and honoring my donor by doing that. Now she's back to health, and she's a powerful force helping to save lives every day through her work. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Eight people can be helped with the major organs, and up to 50 people can be helped with a little bit of everything. And when you think about it that way, that you could help that many people, it's amazing, it really is. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. The fighting spirit of the Marine Corps is born of battles won. Battles won within over enemies of fear, enemies of doubt. It's who we are. It's what we do. It's a promise made to you for more than two centuries. A promise of the Marines. This is your warning. You're entering the Workday Red Zone. Welcome you back into the Workday Red Zone. We're not going to overthink it in terms of our KavanaughCars.com question today. What's your biggest, boldest sports prediction for 2024? If you want to weigh in on that, you can on the Right Fiber Hotline at 870-9303-776 as we get this hour underway. Brought to you by Dustin White Realty and our very first caller of 2024 is Miss Lisa, who's with us. How are you? Well, I'm good. I haven't talked to you in about probably... Two months. I know. I know. Are you mad at me? No. No. <laughs> I'm not mad at anyone. I've Listen, I've been sick. Then we went to New York City, you know. That's I awesome. I got to go to New York for Christmas. And, uh, but anyway, so much for that. And then I go back to the doctor tomorrow. So we'll see how it all bounces out. But, um... I don't hardly know what to even start to talk about. Your question is, what do I predict this year? Mm-hmm. I predict Arkansas has to be better in football. Okay. They have to be. And people are saying, are you upset that uh, KJ went to UCF? No, I'm glad. Listen, I wish him the best. I wish him the best. I'm glad he didn't go anywhere in the SEC. 
but he, I don't think, will make it to the NFL. But I hope he proves me wrong. But uh, David did some dictation for me. I had to leave the message with him. But uh, I want to talk a little bit, if I may, about two things right quick. The one David brought up this morning on Bud's show, and I thought it was a good point. During LSU's game, which I watched very little of it, them taking time out to interview the quarterback uh, that didn't play in the game, by the way, but they spotlighted him. Of course, he won the Heisman. Mm -hmm. But what did you think about that? Well, uh, or did you see it? I didn't see it. And to be honest with you, Miss Lisa, last week I I spent... (laughs) I had the flu last week, so I was really kind of in and out of being coherent. I was okay enough yesterday to watch a lot of football, and I watched some basketball on Saturday. But honestly, I'll be honest with you, I miss that. It feels kind of weird, though. It's just, and it's not that it's necessarily that particular one situation is weird, because, again, he won the Heisman. That's obviously massively noteworthy, but we're just in such a weird point in college athletics. Where, I know what I I'm I'm down about it. I mean, but then they interviewed him, and there's the rest of the team out there playing. And now I think I've forgotten the other thing I was gonna ask you about. But anyway, I, I don't get. Oh, the thing about ASU's bowl game, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought Lance called me during the game. It was a complete disaster from the start. ESPN needs competition bad, and that's all I'll say. They can't get anything right. Yeah. And you know what I'm talking about. I do. There's no need talking about it. Uh, But Lance called me, and he said, Miss Lisa, he said, uh, if they're going to review the call, why don't they get it right? I said, Lance, I've got, you're the second person that's called me since that call was made against ASU. And I said, I do not remember. One of them said it couldn't be. Uh, let me get this right. It was a non, the offsides at the end, one correct. Said it could. The offsides at the end was a non-reviewable call. Well, let me ask you because I don't know why is it if why isn't any play reviewable? I don't know. I don't know. I, I I really wish I knew that because it kind of makes you scratch your head on what is and what is not reviewable, and how also sometimes if you if as a coach you change the terminology and what you're looking for, you can have officials take a look at a play. It's just it's just. I don't know. I don't know. I wish I had well, a better at least answer. You're honest about it. I don't know either. And uh, but something's going to have to be done because you know you got who who I think about when I'm fixing to hang up. You got fans that took off work or saved up money, bought tickets, went down there, and then the way that kid can kick the ball. If they would have moved it, say five ten yards, he'd have he'd have made the field goal. 
it, it's just almost like every ball game was planned to me. I don't know. I'm beginning to think every time you've got this na 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 Twilight Zone music behind it. Well, anyway, thank you for taking my call. Thank you, Miss Lisa. Feel better. Thank you. I hope I hope your doctor's appointment goes all right tomorrow. She leaves the phone lines open at eight seven zero nine three zero three seven seven six. Let's dive into the Camellia Bowl here. Again, I'm I'm aware of the fact that this happened 10 days ago, but, uh, you know, was hoping to be back with you guys last Tuesday. Was under the weather, wasn't able to, to discuss it, which might have been for the best. <laughs> I was still fairly worked up over the outcome of the game at that point in time. It might not have been a very coherent discussion. So, uh, yeah, probably probably good that uh, today, January the 2nd, we're having a conversation about a game that happened on December the 23rd. Uh and you would think that 10 days would be enough to, to get over the way that game ended, but I, now that we're talking about it, I guess not. Look, the, the call on the offsides was not what cost Arkansas State the game overall. And, and that's what Butch Jones said in his very first comments in, in the post game. No one call, no one play determines the outcome of any given game. And, and as fans, we, we know that. But that being said, it did cost the Red Wolves the opportunity to have a comeback attempt. I've watched that play. I, I don't know how many times I watched that play on the drive home from Montgomery. Because, of course, we the game was over. Went to the post game, listened to both coaches talk, got in the truck, and, and drove back to Jonesboro. And I know that was the plan for most of you as well. So you had multiple hours to kind of stew on that play and watch it over and over. Of course, there was the the game clips uh, from the ESPN broadcast that were put all over social media. You had several different clips from fans in the stands, and and even still. It's it's hard to say without a shadow of a doubt. Oh, that was definitely or definitely was not offsides. Oh, the official called uh, that made that call because there was an arm that was offsides, or oh, that official made that call because there was a shadow of an arm that was offsides. It's it's still it's still a mess. Now, to me, that is a call that you don't make in a game unless it's blatantly obvious. But the call was made, and it was not reviewable. So again, didn't cost A-State the game, but cost the Red Wolves the opportunity to come back. Things like the fake field goal and the hold to go along with it were pivotal. Uh, the time of possession in that game is just so insanely glaring. It's still the one stat that I go back and look at where A-State just did not generate those lengthy drives. And NIU did. You had some opportunities there early in the second half to get some momentum going, but instead A-State started with three, three and outs. And uh, you had some boneheaded penalties. But all in all, it doesn't matter how you want to discuss it or how you want to describe it. It was a 21-19 to loss for Arkansas State. This was still, though, a six-win season for the Red Wolves. And hopefully there were some things that happened in that game that, that A-State can build on for the year ahead. Hopefully uh, there are some things from that game where, where Jalen Rayner can, can learn from. 
and uh, and everybody else on that team. He's not, of course, not the only youngster that was on the field in that contest. All in all, uh, I I had an excellent time. You know the <laughs> the final final minute of that game, notwithstanding. Uh, and and there are just so many conversations going on right now about bowls and and whether or not they mean anything and should there still be this many bowls and this that and the other. And I don't know what the overall big picture is going to look like in the future with these bowl games, you know, the ones that that do not involve high resource programs or have absolutely zero ties to the college football playoff. But but I can tell you that everybody who was in Montgomery absolutely wanted to be in Montgomery. I mean that from a a player standpoint, from a coach's standpoint, from a fan standpoint. And I feel confident in saying that that was the case for both Arkansas State and Northern Illinois. It was ultimately a great event, and it was it was a lot of fun to spend time with with so many so many fellow fans. Now, of course, you you look to the future. Uh, today is the kind of last gasp of the transfer portal. It actually closes today. So what that means is is players could still enter today. And, of course, there's paperwork that has to be submitted and things like that. So you could still continue to see names come out later on this week. And, of course, graduate transfers can still enter pretty much whenever they want. But, <coughs> excuse me, but we're really, we're, we're pretty much done until the spring with the portal. There have been a couple of players enter the portal since we spoke to you last. One of those backup linebacker, Gavin Potter. You flash back uh, to the beginning of the season, and, and he and Char Willekes were, were kind of splitting reps. And then once it got to the end of that season, Willekes was the number one guy at Mike, and, and we didn't see Gavin Potter as much. So he is going to transfer as a graduate. And then also Jackson Daly is in the portal. And with Daly, you, you hate to see it, but you get it. He came in as a highly touted commit. It was clear that he was an exceptional leader from the time he stepped onto campus. He single-handedly got the best (laughs) player probably in history from a a recruiting profile standpoint to to set foot on the the A-State campus. If you all remember last summer when Caden Proctor came to Jonesboro on an official visit, the same Caden Proctor spent the entire season starting at left tackle for Alabama. So clearly, great leadership skills was. Uh, I, I've never heard anybody say a single bad word about Jackson Daly. But ultimately, it didn't work out. You're only going to have one starter at quarterback, and he wasn't it this year, with the exception of one game. And so, I will be cheering him on wherever he goes. He represented a state well while he was here, but he is going to be departing. All in all. Not a significantly impactful winter portal for A-State football. I think the only starter that departed, unless I've missed something over the past couple of days, I did look this morning, but unless something has changed recently, Javante Mackey is it. So the Red Wolves make it through the winter mostly unscathed in terms of the portal. Of course, there will be another portal opening in the spring, but... A-State will just have to cross that bridge when they get there. Uh, Classes start 
for A-State football next Monday. So I would imagine we would have an update on incoming transfers soon after that. Of course, if you recall, flashing back to signing day uh, the week before last when we brought you our coverage live from Montgomery. I'm getting choked up here. Apologies. It's going to be an adventure today to see if we can make it through two hours. But if you flash back to that, you know, Jones said he was going to hold off on announcing the incoming portal transfers because the university will have binding. uh, The university is kind of bound to the player, but the player is not bound to the university. So once they set foot on classes, once they enroll, that changes. And then... And then looking ahead, after those players are, are in class, we should know more. Uh, A-State did recently gain another wide receiver commit, Reginald, Hardle, Reginald Harden Jr. from Benedict College. And so that puts, I think, uh, the public incoming transfers around six or seven. Probably more than that somewhere out there. But again, we'll find out once everybody gets unrolled. And then uh, after that, I would... Anticipate an announcement, uh, maybe not even in January. We, we might not see an announcement from A-State football until that February signing day on February the 7th, but then we'll have a good picture of, of the incoming portal players. Got to rest my voice for a second here. We need to take a break. This hour brought to you by the real estate experts at Dustin White Realty. Whether you're buying or selling, Trust the experts at Dustin White Realty for personalized service. Your home may be worth more than you think, and you can visit arhomevalue.com to find out more. Your dream home awaits at Dustin White Realty. We'll be back right after this for more on the ticket. The only sports host around that has a dog named Crash Davis. And when you speak of me, speak well. Kara Ritchie on the Workday Red Zone. Good afternoon, I'm Kate Morgan from the EAB Ag Network with your EAB Noon Farm Market Report. March corn at 462 and three quarters, down eight and a half. May down eight at 476. January soybeans at 1270 and three quarters, down 22 and three quarters, with March down 25 and a quarter at 1272 and three quarters. March wheat at 611 and three quarters, down 16 and a quarter. May down 15 and a quarter at 624 and a quarter. March cotton at 79.93, down 107. May down 108 at 8107. January Rice at 1738, up eight. March up 23 at 1775. In the livestock complex, February live cattle at 172, up 350. April up 240 at 174.65. January feeder cattle at 225.88, up 358. March up 408 at 227.18. And February lean hogs at 66.33, down 165. April down 178 at 7308. That's your noon farm market report from your EAB Ag Network. Have a great day. The Arkansas Grown Conference and Expo for Farmers in the Local Food System, Our Farm to Table Farmers, is coming soon. The Arkansas Department of Agriculture and Ag Organizations are hosting this in-person event where farmers can connect, hear from the experts, and network. On Saturday, the public is invited to the Arkansas Grown and Arkansas Made Showcase, highlighting local products. Join us for the Arkansas Grown Conference and Expo at the Hot Springs Convention Center, January the 25th through the 27th. Go to ArkansasGrown.org to learn more and to register. Let's say you're presented a stock which yields a guaranteed 82% return. You'd put your money in it, right? That magical stock is called Farm Radio, and for our advertisers, it is pure gold. 82% of farmers listen to their trusted farm radio station at least four days a week. 
The moral of the story? Farm Radio pays dividends, and both the listener and the advertiser lived happily ever after. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. Farmers, before you book your 2425 corn and milo, call Pico Foods. Right now, Pico Foods, the seventh largest poultry producer in the U.S. and a fourth-generation family-owned business, is buying both new crop and stored corn and milo. Pico Foods believes in supporting local producers, so they buy corn and milo direct from farmers year-round at always competitive prices. Call today. In Arkansas and Missouri, contact David Durham or James Chester, 870-202-7101. In Alabama and Mississippi, call Andrew Parker or John Taylor Hickman, 601-670-9383. Hello, Red Wolf fans. Hey, have you ever walked into a car dealership and got attacked by a horde of salespeople wearing coats and ties and shiny Italian shoes? If so, you were not at George Kale Motors. We offer great vehicle deals, award-winning service after the sale. We can handle your entire purchase over the phone and deliver your new vehicle right to you at no additional charge up to 200 miles. So call us at 870-523-2792 or view our entire inventory at georgekellmotors.com or come see us off Highway 67, exit 85 in Newport. George Kell Motors and GMC, we are professional grade. Braxton was diagnosed with chloride plexus carcinoma, a brain tumor. St. Jude is helping us put away our fears. We have... An amazing team that fights for the best outcome for Braxton. He has the best chance here. I don't have to worry that how much is that bag of fluid going to cost me? Can I afford it to save my child's life? The donations, they're paying for me to live every day with my son, be stress-free, and enjoy every day with him. I wish there was a word bigger than thank you, more close to the heart, because... Thank you's not enough. They've given me hope. They've given me my son. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Turn it up and annoy your coworkers who wear the wrong colors. Back to the Workday Red Zone. Here's Kara Ritchie. back to the Workday Red Zone. This noon hour brought to you by Dustin White Realty. One hour from now, we'll have a voice of the Red Wolves, Matt Stoltz, in studio with us. Looking forward to that chat. And here in a moment, we'll get caught up on some A-State hoops as the Red Wolves tipped off Sunbelt Conference play on Saturday. Men on the road, women at home. We'll look at those scores in a moment. But let's throw out, well, actually a pair of KavanaughCars.com questions <clears throat> asking you today for, I guess, uh, question one, what is your biggest, boldest sports prediction for 2024? And then also, <laughs> we've also asked you, kind of as a bonus question, whether or not you make New Year's resolutions. And the very first vote on this question was was yes. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe people out there do still make resolutions and then every other vote that's came in since then is no <laughs> so so i don't know if that first vote was like a misclick and nobody makes them anymore or if there really and truly is one of you out there still doing your darndest to to make a resolution and stick with it and everybody else has already just said to heck with it i mean if, if you're gonna make a resolution hey i wish you all the best and for the rest of you surely you haven't already like failed at it right I mean, it's only it's only January the 2nd. 
Surely if you just made the resolution of making your bed every day, two days in, you're still, you're still all right, right? Hopefully, maybe. Phone line's open, by the way, at 870-930-3776 on the Right Fiber Hotline. I feel like a, a lot of today is just going to be recapping everything we missed. We talked a little A-State football with you, and of course this is a little bit more recent history, but back on New Year's Eve Eve, a.k.a. Saturday. A-State hoops in action, tipping off conference play. We'll start with, with the fellas. Um, I had uh, I, I didn't go out to First National Bank Arena and, and watch the women's game still kind of under the weather and trying to get back into the swing of things. So I had the dual screen set up at the house and was able to take in both games. Uh, selfishly, you know, I would have loved some staggered start times because when things got intense uh, for both teams, it's like it was happening all at the same time. But for the guys, you know, it started well enough. And it was kind of a back-and-forth game for the first half of of the first half. Uh, in fact, maybe even for the first 15 minutes of that game, it looked like it was just going to be one of those games that was competitive throughout. And then when things took a turn and, and when they started going downhill for A-State men's basketball there at Georgia State, I mean, they went they went downhill quickly. And... Georgia State into the first half on a 14-2 run and led by 11 at the break. So that was just kind of, ugh. Um, the first half, you know, it was really kind of a, a situation where it felt like Georgia State was getting every possible rebound, especially on the offensive side of the glass. So, or I guess uh, it would have been defensively for them. But it just seemed like A-State was really not making the most of its second chance opportunities. Or just that there were no real second chance opportunities there for A-State in the first half. And it kind of felt like that going into the second half as well. Uh, Because, again, it just seemed like Georgia State was grabbing every rebound. A-State went through a period where it was missing some threes. And you're just thinking, oh man, this is not going to be good. And next thing you know... That deficit had ballooned to 18 points. And probably about the time, you know, you get frustrated as a fan and you're all but ready to turn the game off because your your team is struggling and not playing well. Well, that's when A-State started to get some momentum going and started to make some shots. Uh, again, it was, it was an 18-point deficit for the Red Wolves with 12.42 left to play. And the next thing you know, in the next three minutes, they had cut that down to eight. Kind of stayed at eight for a little bit. Then they went on another little bit of a run uh, around the five-and-a-half-minute mark. A big Avery Feltz three got it to within three. Georgia State got it back up to seven with two minutes and 16 seconds left. And then a couple more monster Avery Feltz threes, a couple other big shots, and uh, it was taught. 89-89 with 12 seconds left. A foul wasn't called on DeAndre Dominguez. No, I don't think that was supposed to happen. <laughs> uh, but uh, GSU, which I, if I recall correctly, is the best free throw shooting team in the Sun Belt. They went and hit both their free throws. Caleb Fields on a drive to the bucket there at the end. Uh, draw, drew a couple of, of free throws, drew the foul, got sent to the stripe, hit one, did not make the other. Now, please know that is not me trying to point all the the blame on on Fields. Not by any stretch of the imagination. He had a great game. 
But again, it was just a case of missed opportunities at the stripe for the Red Wolves throughout the course of the night. Missed opportunities on the glass for the Red Wolves for probably about the first 30 minutes of that game until A-State really got more aggressive on the glass in the final 10 minutes. Julian Lewall, a bit of a spark there, uh, rebounding-wise. But uh, again, just uh, kind of uh, just a disappointing start. I'm, I'm not like mad about it. I'm not disappointed in the way the team played. I mean, again, down 18 points, they fought back. I failed to mention this, and I apologize, but but A State was without Freddie Hicks in that game, which of course he's a huge piece of what A State is is going to be able to do this year. And if you flash back to December the 20th, when the Red Wolves were in Belmont. Uh, he took a bad fall early in that game and, like, landed on some metal steps. Kind of caught some steps in the small of his back. So he's still dealing with some back pain. And he is day-to-day. So kind of crossing the fingers that, that he's back on Thursday. On Thursday, A-State men's basketball is going to be playing in Jonesboro. I know. That's not a very common occurrence this year. So I know it's something that... Uh, that Maybe you haven't really worked your schedule around because there have been so few opportunities to see this men's team in Jonesboro. But coming up on Thursday, A-State will be at home, so it'll be the Sunbelt Conference opener against Georgia Southern. And by the way, they're kind of doing something fun. It's going to be Throwback Thursday coming up on January the 4th. Now, the students are not back yet. Classes do not resume until next Monday, January the 8th. So the student section is going to be empty. So what they're doing is they're opening up the student section to any fan who wants to come and get loud and create a home court advantage. So again, it's your chance to kind of relive your college glory days and you're not going to get in trouble for it. Of course, students, if you if you are back, if you live in Jonesboro, you're, the student section is still going to be open to you as well. Just, you know, make room for some of the old guys. So that is... Uh, what's going to be in store for Thursday. I was going to try and work some of the A-State women's basketball game into this segment as well. But i tell you what, let's go ahead and step aside and take a break. We can take a break. Their game was had a lot of twists and turns as well. And I want to make sure we have time to talk about those. But that's what we'll get into here in a moment as we come back and wrap up this noon hour. Brought to you by Dustin White Realty. After this, on The Ticket. Nobody crunches the numbers like Kara. Take that for data. The Workday Red Zone on the Ticket Radio Network. Is above the noise. It's very rare for a program of Michigan's caliber to face adversity. In today's day and age, big-time programs like the Wolverines have an extensive advantage in the NIL. But the Wolverines have overcome a lot the last couple of seasons. Jim Harbaugh has been living under the NCAA microscope. The team continues to lose talent to the NFL, and despite some successful seasons, the team had been bounced in the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. But the team dug their heels in and competed, and they got bigger up front, and coaches like Harbaugh, Sharon Moore, and Jesse Minter all helped change the Wolverines for the better. That had nothing to do with the Connor Stallions cheating scandal. The team has always been elite, but they refused to stand pat. They got a little better each year, and when you're playing at the highest level, those improvements can make a difference. These players did it the right way, and their hard work was on full display last night with an impressive win over Alabama. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. College football fans, the championship is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook is making sure you can throw down on the epic showdown for a shot at big bucks. 
New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting $5 on the championship game. Download the app now. Use the code PATRICK. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code PATRICK. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources. Let's talk about America, not taxes or tweets or the issues that divide us, but how incredible our country is. Left, right, up, down, state lines to winding coastlines. Whether you come home to a crowded city street, tree-lined suburb, or sleepy small town, everyone deserves to live in a clean, green, and thriving community. And we all share in the responsibility to create beauty that ripples from one neighborhood to another and one block to the next. We are Keep America Beautiful, the nonprofit working with millions of people just like you to end littering, improve recycling, and beautify our communities. Because every mindful action and sustainable habit has a positive impact, and it all adds up. Learn how you can join Keep America Beautiful at kab.org. Together, we can do beautiful things. Hannah complained of a headache. It was a rhabdomyosarcoma. Within a few days, Hannah was in treatment because we were told that the tumor was very aggressive. And it very quickly became clear that St. Jude was the ultimate place to be. So we've essentially put our lives in South Africa on hold. Incredibly blessed to be here. St. Jude is an asset to the world. The research that is developed here is offered freely to the rest of the medical world. The entire way that the place operates is just to give and to care. I think it's the kind of place that not only stands as a beacon for pediatric cancer, but I think it could teach the world a couple of lessons about how to treat people. And I think if those lessons could be learned even in their most basic form, this world could be a better place. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Um, hello? Be part of the conversation on the Workday Red Zone. Phone lines open now, 930-3776. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone as we wrap up this noon hour brought to you by Dustin White Realty. Coming up in hour two of the program, it is Tuesday. Yes, I'm going to say that a few more times, more to remind myself than to remind you. But since it is Tuesday at 1.30, we'll have a chat with Voice of the Red Wolves, Matt Stoltz, quite a bit to catch up on. We talked about some A-State men's basketball in the previous segment. We'll dive into that women's winner here in just a moment. But a pair of com questions to throw at you today. One, what is your biggest, boldest sports prediction for 2024? And also, just a yes or no question, do you make New Year's resolutions? 
everybody firmly in, in the no camp today, by the way, on that one. Uh, but uh, but let's leave this game from, from Saturday at First National Bank Arena with the Red Wolves welcoming in Coastal Carolina to tip off a Sunbelt Conference play. This one was such a fascinating game because the phrase, uh, you know, basketball is a game of runs is something that is repeated over and over by literally every coach in every post game at every level in in the country but I don't know if I've ever watched a game where it felt like it was it was so extreme and there were so many runs A state had multiple different double digit leads they had multiple big runs and it seemed like every time A state would have one of those big runs coastal carolina would have a big run um, it was a, you know, 5-0 lead for Coastals to start the game, but then A-State battled back and, and was up by three after the first quarter. Then it was a 14-0 run for the Red Wolves, which was pretty cool. But then Coastal responded with a 15-2 run. And then you get into the second half, and A-State started the third quarter with a 14-5 run. And then it was a 17-7 to run for Coastal Carolina. You got late into the game. And it looked like uh, you didn't know what was going to happen. Kind of got back and forth there for a little bit. But A-State closed out the game with a 10-3 to run. So again, just so, so, so many different runs in that game. But had tip to A-State. I mean, sure, you don't want to see a team give up that many runs. But at the same time. They never allowed one of those runs to just completely uh, let the Shawna Clears overtake the momentum, and A-State was able to to come out on top. So they took some hits, and I mean that both literally and figuratively because there was a time where Izzy Higginbottom got clocked in the head. I uh, still don't know what the explanation was there as to why there was not any type of foul called, but uh, took some hits literally and figuratively, but were able to come out with a win. Is he the leading scorer? No surprise there with 25 points. But I just, I really like what Lauren Piddleton has been doing lately in terms of putting together complete and, and full efforts. Uh, she had 17 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, and a steal. She is going to record a triple-double at some point in time this season. I am completely, completely convinced of it. Cheyenne Forney had 12 points and 6 rebounds as well. And she has really been a spark as of late which has been good to see because, of course, the Red Wolves just do need help there in terms of a in terms of a big. You know, Melody Kapinga is recovering still from ACL surgery, so she's not able to be out there just a ton, a ton of minutes. Uh, Kendra Ellis is, is still getting used to trying to work up to the number of minutes that they, they want her to play. She didn't play a ton last year at Baylor. So, again, you've got some players that, as the season continues to deepen, are going to be available for more minutes. But right now, Cheyenne Forney needs to step up, and she has stepped up over these past few games, and that's been that's been great to see. So, a good win there for A-State to start out Sunbelt Conference play 1-0 and approved to 7-4 overall. So, fun times ahead coming up for A-State basketball. Again, Sunbelt Conference play is is... Where we're going to be at now for the rest of the season with that one MAC SBC challenge game that's kind of the outlier. But other than that, all Sunbelt play from here on out. So coming up this week, again, 
A reminder that the men are actually in Jonesboro, 7 o'clock Thursday night, hosting Georgia Southern, who, by the way, had been winless going into Saturday, finally got their first win against Southern Miss. But then uh, the women going to have to hit the road. They'll be playing at James Madison. That's going to be a really tough test to open conference play coming up on Thursday at 6. James Madison has the best net ranking on the women's side of things in the belt. I'm sure they do on the men's side as well since they're ranked in the top 25. Uh, But uh, that's going to be, again, a good challenge for A-State to get things started. In terms of our KavanaughCars.com question, John says his bold prediction for 2024 is that A-State football will win the Sun Belt. I like it. Not surprised uh, that somebody would throw that out there. We saw this team take some big steps in 2023. Still, yes, quite a bit more to go. But I've got uh, some stats to dig through. We'll probably come back tomorrow and look more at, you know, the statistical glance of the full 2023 season for A-State football, how this team got better, how this team could have taken even more steps, bigger steps moving forward. Uh, But that is all. Again, we'll put that on until tomorrow. Whoever's on the phone, if they can talk quickly, we can take their call. So it's it's up to them. They got about a minute. Hey, who's with us? Hey, this is Wade. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Wade. Sorry to hear you've been under the weather. I hope you have a, a, a fast recovery and that it's that's it for the whole year. Hey, me that's too, Wade. I, I, I got to put you on the spot here. Music's going to play in about a minute. So what's what's on your mind? So I'll be real quick. Um, the Bulls were great. I watched last night. Entertaining. I loved that they were competitive. Um, I, I forgot what my question was. Oh, yeah, I know what it was. Um, when you come back, will you talk about, I know a week or so, a couple of weeks before Christmas, there was quite a lot of money that was um, donated to the Impact Club, Mm -hmm. and I'm just curious if you have any idea of Ballpark. And I also uh, read that um, Higginbotham, Izzy has a NIL with somebody. Can you talk a little bit about that, please? Happy New Year. Go Red Wolves. Happy New Year, Wade. Thank you so much. So the NIL stuff, in terms of the amount, was I believe over 200K. But let me see what else I can find out during the break. And we will follow up on that when we come back. Wade, appreciate the phone call. Plenty more opportunities for uh, some open phone lines coming up in the second hour of the show. Also, of course, again at 1.30, Voice of the Red Wolves, Matt Stoltz, is going to be with us as well. So quite a bit to look forward to today. But we'll step aside as this noon hour brought to you by Dustin White Realty is over. This is the music. We gotta hit pause. We'll be back in just a couple minutes here on the Workday Red Zone.
This is Will Oswald, your Tuesday Ticket Radio Network Sports Update brought to you by Playoffs and Tire Service. A split weekend for A-State basketball in their conference openers on Saturday. The A-State women beating Coastal Carolina 81-73. Izzy Higginbottom's game-high 25 points and a 17.12 rebound double-double from Lauren Pendleton led the way for the Red Wolves. Meanwhile, the men overcame an 18-point second-half deficit to tie it up with the Avery Felts 3 with 12 seconds left. But Georgia State ended up with a 91-91 Felts with a career-high 21 Caleb Fields added 20. Congratulations to the NEA Tournament Champions crowned on Saturday at First National Bank Arena. The Izzard County Consolidated Girls and Buffalo Island Central Boys winning the Division II Championships, the Division I Champs, the Green County Tech Girls, and the Brooklyn Boys. Memphis Grizzlies are back in action to start the new year this evening as they take on the San Antonio Spurs at FedEx Forum. Pre-game coverage at 6.30 to tip at 7 here on the Ticket Radio Network. Four tires in one hour. That's guaranteed at Plaza Tire Service. And that's the latest from the Ticket Radio Network. Celebrate with new furniture and new adventures during Gamble Homes New Year's Sale. Get comfort, style, and incredible savings now. Whether it's a cozy sofa, a plush recliner, or a dreamy mattress, it's all on sale and no sales tax. At Gamble Home, your purchase could earn you up to a four-night hotel stay for free. Imagine unwinding in luxury courtesy of Gamble Home. Shop Gamble Home for new furniture and enjoy new adventures during the New Year's Sale at Gamble Home in the Farville Curve and on Highland in the Uptown. Our family has been in the car business for almost 70 years. In that time, a lot of things have changed. One thing that has stayed the same is our commitment to customer service. At Glen Sains, our inventory is growing every day. Between all of our four stores, we'll have 400 units in stock at any given time. Whether you're looking to buy GMC, Chevrolet, Buick, or Ford, we look forward to serving you and your family for years to come. First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas is striving to make life easier for all their banking customers by introducing a brand new way to control your Visa debit card. With the My Card Rules mobile app, you can turn your debit card on or off with the push of a button, set limits on spending and transaction types, see recent transactions, customize alerts, and so much more. Existing customers can download the free My Card Rules app today in the Apple app or Google Play Store. We're giving you the power to take control of your card at First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas. Member FDIC. My name is uh, Jinghui Zhang. I'm the chair of a computational biology department at Seiju Children's Research Hospital. I feel so excited about seeing the potential impact, not only on the kids treated at Seiju, but across the world. One of the major advantages we have in St. Jude is that because of the resources we have, we were able to utilize the most comprehensive way of profiling genomes through this study. As a data scientist, I feel very passionate about sharing data. We also want to enable talented scientists to analyze data using the innovative tools and make new discoveries on top of what we have made. And I think this is a great use of the trust we got from our donors. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Meet Ed, movie buff, animal lover, safe driver. Five years of driving an ambulance teaches you a thing or two. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. When I see a car trying to rush past a turning bus, I get concerned. You see, when big vehicles turn right, they have to swing wide to make the turn. And that's a lesson you don't want to learn the hard way. When trucks and buses turn, let's you and I wait. It's It's our our roads. It's It's our our safety. safety. 
Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. This is KNEA K237FI 953 and K245CW 96.9 Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon, the Ticket Radio Network. Half time's over, and we're getting back to work. Hour two of the Workday Red Zone begins now. Here's Kara Ritchie. zone we made it an hour through the day no significant mishaps so far i think uh everybody is just trying to settle back into what a normal well normal ish work week is going to be like it is thankfully at least a, a four-day work week so hopefully we can manage to power through four days here as everybody kind of gets their their brain back in working mode after the christmas and new year's break happy new year Asking you today for one of our KavanaughCars.com questions if you if you make New Year's resolutions. Again, almost everybody is on Team No. Which, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. No sense in making a resolution if you if you have no intention of keeping it or anything like that. So so I get it. I get it. But like, did you at least write down like some goals or plans for 2024? Maybe not resolutions, but Something, something to aspire to in the, the year ahead. Or maybe you didn't. That's that's okay, too. Uh, 9303776, the number to call on the Right Fiber Hotline. Prior to the break, we were talking with Wade on the Right Fiber Hotline. He had a couple of questions about the Impact Club. And one of the things that happened, you know, right before the bowl game, actually, I think the week before, the Impact Club was doing a drive called Twice the Impact, where they had... An anonymous donor step up, and for a certain window of time, that donor was going to match donations. And they ended up raising $200,000 for football NIL in under 48 hours. They had an incredible, incredible response. And Dustin Kellums, when he was speaking on the drive with Caden West live in Montgomery on that Friday before the bowl game, said that, even after the, the the matching had, I guess, officially ended, they were still continuing to see donations and money trickle in and that they were hoping to get to $300,000 ahead of the new year. I don't know if they got to that mark or not, but we can follow up with the Impact Club here soon and just see where they're at as the new year begins. Wade also asks specifically a question about Izzy Higginbottom and an NIL deal for her. I don't know any of the specifics on that. I can tell you there was a time when I walked into to, to our studio building a few weeks back, you know, before Christmas, before the bowl, before all of that. And she was in studio recording an advertisement for a local business. So and, and also Dustin Kellums of the Impact Club was walking around the building that day. So I, I don't know specifically what that was or the dollar amount or anything like that involved. But, yes, she does have an NIL deal uh, with with something. And uh, several other student-athletes do as well. So, again, we'll see if we can get more info on that for you. Wait, I apologize that I don't have all the answers, but uh, but that's what I've got for now. Looking at uh, some other news and notes going on, we've also asked you, what is your biggest, boldest sports prediction 
for 2024. I feel like we ask you this every New Year's, and I tried to go back. I couldn't find the one from last year, but I don't know how many of you would have predicted that, like, the Pac-12 would have completely folded uh, if you go back one year ago today, or that... Man, I don't know that that we would see another 16 top and a one or that Aaron Rodgers would get traded and then play like a half for the Jets. There were a lot of things that happened throughout the course of 2023 that that were unexpected and in some cases even defied logic. I certainly would have not sat here a year ago today and said that the St. Louis Cardinals were going to be terrible in 2023, but they were. And hey, Sometimes that happens, so you just got to roll with it. I expect better things from this Cardinals team in, in 2024, and I'm excited to see exactly what that looks like as they continue to still uh, most likely you know, pick up a piece or two for the bullpen before that season gets underway. By the way, we're like 86 days out from the start of the MLB season, which seems kind of crazy, but this is about the time where we start to get a couple of baseball-related headlines. Uh, it'll be time for the Hall of Fame vote announcement in no time at all. We're starting to see the ballot tracker uh, get uh, firing and, and going there. But also winter around baseball means it's time for the Cardinals caravan and the Cardinals winter warm-up. In terms of the caravan, yes, we're once again going to be hosting one of those in Jonesboro. That's coming up not this Saturday, but next Saturday, January the 13th. It is going to be at the Embassy Suites. We do not have... Uh, an exact time for you yet, but I would anticipate it's still going to be around that 12 o'clock window like it has been in previous years. Also, like in previous years, kids 15 and under will receive one autograph from each current and former player. So they always have current players, uh, alumni, broadcasters on these caravans. And while we don't know the specific players that will be here yet, we have always had a, a pretty good pretty good guest list. Uh, the Cardinals always send us some, some pretty cool players. Of course, you flash back to last year. I guess the headliner of the event was, was Jordan Walker. And what a season he ended up having for St. Louis. Also got to meet Benji Molina, which is super cool for me since Yadi Molina, of course, is, is that's my guy. That's my favorite. So it was a good time. I expect 2024 to be a good time as well. I haven't seen any bold predictions yet on who might win the college football playoff. But that's something that we actually have a a good amount of information about, at least in terms of the fact that we know who's going to be participating. Michigan and Washington both go out and win their CFP semifinals. And what was actually just a, a really good college football day yesterday? Well, at least in terms of the semis. Those were, those were a couple of great, great games. Uh... This is only really the second year (laughs) where it seems like we've had a pair of fantastic college football semifinals. So now the question is, is can the actual championship deliver? Because it certainly did not last year. Uh, Michael Penix was borderline unstoppable last night. He was just spot on in terms of his targets. Just threw some lasers. Had uh, plenty of of good short passes, good deep passes. Uh, The stats were phenomenal. And 460 total yards, 430 of those 
through the air. Orchestrated five different scoring drives of eight-plus plays. And ultimately, Washington was able to win that one 37-31. I didn't stay up for all of it, but I did watch the fourth quarter today. (laughs) Getting ready for the show, so I'm a little bit uh, caught up there on Washington and Texas. Texas uh, didn't play a bad game, although they did have a couple of moments where they kind of beat themselves. Uh, but uh, they had a chance there at the end. And ultimately, Washington had some pretty good play from its its defensive backs there on that uh, very last final stretch where Texas had numerous shots at the end zone. And the Husky secondary stepped up. The nightcap was pretty good. The uh, The day game was also pretty stellar in terms of Michigan and Alabama. I'm interested to know today how many people see Jim Harbaugh as a hero or as a villain. Of course, you cannot tell the story of, of Michigan without all of the conversations that happened with, with Connor Stallions and sign stealing and things like that throughout the course of the season. But there's also plenty of people in the country who are just kind of sick of the SEC. And so they were going to be pulling for Michigan no matter what and Harbaugh no matter what. There's a question now as to whether or not he'll be at Michigan next year. But he will at least be there for, for one more game. Now, it was kind of interesting. There were times where it looked like Michigan was just kind of trying to blow it on special teams. And certainly Alabama had a shot there at the end. And, and I think a lot of the country was asking WTH on that last play call there for Milrow. But ultimately... Michigan comes out on top. You have kind of a statement win overall for the Big Ten. And no SEC team in the college football playoff national championship. There's, of course, been so much discussion with everything off the field regarding bowls. Um, Not all of it Pop-Tart related, which which was the really fun stuff. But just the overall bowl landscape in general. We had, you know, a really glaring example of that uh, with, with Florida State and, and Georgia. And, and Florida State, of course, had, I can't remember how many players opt out. There were, what, like 40 players from Florida State that, that were on the roster at some point in time that did not play in that game. Just, just an insane number of players. And there's been so many conversations about it. And I'm not going to dig into to all of those, but Kirby Smart had some comments in the post game. And I'm going to do a bad job of paraphrasing, but I'm going to try anyways. But he said something along the lines of college football has to decide what it wants to be. And even though I might be taking that out of context right now, I, I completely agree. Does college football want to be the NFL light? Or does it want to be a, a showcase for the best amateur talent? W- what does it want to be? Does it want to continue to take sponsor money and advertiser money and partnership money and just be a financial behemoth? Or does, again, does it want to try and, and find some way to save itself and pivot back into amateurism? And I think the, the, the ship has already sailed on, on the amateurism just because of the insane amount of money that is involved in the sport and, and has been involved in the sport. But you can't have it both ways all the time. You can't tell a team like Florida State that their entire season didn't matter 
and then expect to, for all of them to be willing to step it up and entertain you one more time. It's just, it, I, I can't imagine what it's like as a player to sit there and get your butt kicked because <laughs> half your teammates aren't playing. But at the same time, it's still hard for me to fault all of those players who said, you know what, no thanks. We did everything we were supposed to do. We got hosed. And we're not going to step out there and entertain you anymore. And possibly cost ourselves millions of dollars that we could use in the future to take care of our families. It's just a mess. It's such a mess. And there's no good answer. The toothpaste is out of the tube. We're never going to not have NIL. We're never going to not have a transfer portal. Apparently, we're also never going to have the Pac-12 again. And just with these onslaught of changes, it's just so hard to continue to wrap your head around it because as soon as you even kind of sort of get used to one, there's another. And the changes are not done coming. So there's no telling whatsoever what what else is going to be next. Need to take a break, rest the voice for just a second. So we'll step aside. Phone lines open during the break, 870-930-3776. We'll return right after this on The Ticket. Enter the Workday Red Zone. Weekdays noon to 2 on The Ticket Radio Network. Hey, y'all, it's Brandon Baxter with one simple piece of advice for you in the new year. Don't overpay for your insurance. You can save money on your insurance with Rob Taylor State Farm, my personal insurance agent. Let's be real. When's the last time you looked at your insurance policies? A lot of times those policy premiums start creeping up and we have no idea. And if you think you're overpaying for auto insurance, homeowner's insurance, renter's insurance, business insurance, or life insurance, stop throwing your money away. Call Rob Taylor State Farm and find out how they can save you money and give you better coverage. That's exactly what they did for me and my family. Remember this, you're the customer and you deserve the best deal. So get your free quote and start saving money today. Insure your vehicles, your home, your rentals, your business, and your life with Rob Taylor State Farm. Rob Taylor State Farm in Jonesboro at 2203 East Nettleton and on Highway 67 in Pocahontas. Or search Rob Taylor State Farm on Google or Facebook. Get the best insurance rates and coverage for you and your family with Rob Taylor State Farm. At Dustin White Realty, we love hearing from our clients about their experience with our agents. Here's what Keeley from Jonesboro had to say. Mitchell got me into touring properties very quickly after our first meeting. I could tell he wanted me to get the house that was best for me and not just trying to sell me on anything we came across. He heard my concerns about time and requirements and found a way to meet all of those. Mitchell was great to work with, and he took care of everything. Experience the difference with Dustin White Realty. Call us at 870-594-4367 or visit our website at DustinWhiteRealty.com. Hello everyone, at George Kell Motors we strive to deliver you excellence at every step of your purchase. That includes offering you an even greater buying selection by joining forces with George Kell Ford, formerly Harris Ford. We're proud to bring Ford to the George Kell Motors family and proud to continue to offer you the customer buying experience you've come to expect. Come visit us just off exit 85 in Newport or online at georgekellford.com. This place has a pulse. You hear it in the canopy, feel it in the ground. Life, fully illuminated, engulfs you. From the birds singing in the treetops above to the tiniest insects in the soil below, you take a deep, cleansing breath, filling your lungs with the essence of the forest. Now, imagine it's all gone. 
healthy, life-giving forests reduced to nothing. No singing birds, no lush canopy, and water and food in short supply around the world. Time is running out to protect our forests, and without our love, they can and will disappear. It's our choice. Love it or lose it. Help protect our forests. Visit World Wildlife Fund at www.org love. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening, and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. On paper, it's the best sports show around. Back to the Workday Red Zone. a little bit under 15 minutes away from a conversation with voice of the Red Wolves, Matt Stoltz. Looking forward to him joining us in studio. In the meantime, KavanaughCars.com question. What is your biggest, boldest sports prediction for 2024? <clears throat> Mr. A says Pete Rose finally gets inducted to the hall. I should have said biggest and boldest, but not most delusional. I just don't know if that one's going to happen. The Hall of Fame boat tracker is is live, by the way. You can keep tabs on who's going to get in this year. Adrian Beltre looks like a lock. But, uh, of course, Pete Rose uh, no longer on the ballot, to state the obvious. And, uh, yeah, I just, um, I'll hand it to Mr. A. It is bold. So we'll we'll applaud him for that. No bold predictions yet about the Grizzlies. And about perhaps their chance to rally back and make it into a playoff conversation. With just 32 games played so far in the season, 50 remaining. The Grizzlies 14 games out of first place in the NBA West. But 6 games out of the 10 spot, which of course is a playing game. And this is a Grizzlies team that may, maybe trending in a good direction. I don't necessarily mean their last three games. Of course, they, they won four in a row with John Morant back and had some really fun outcomes, some close games, including two wins of a combined three points against the New Orleans Pelicans. But over the past few days, the Grizzlies have been shorthanded. Uh, there's been some illness going on there. Uh, with the Grizz, which is not surprising because I'm fairly sure at least 90% of the Mid-South was sick between Christmas and New Year's. But you look today at the Grizzlies' PR report and who is going to be in uniform for Memphis against the Spurs tonight, and it's it's awesome. (laughs) 
I mean, yes, uh, obviously this this team is is without Steven Adams for the season. Brandon Clark, uh, by the way, might be back around the All-Star break or after the All-Star break, so you got six more weeks there. And then, of course, you got a couple of guys that are out on G League assignments, two-way transfers, this, that, and the other. But I'll, other than that, you're looking at tonight, Luke Kennard, John Conchar, and Derek Rose are available. So this is this is almost as close to full strength as the Grizzlies are going to be for the entire season. It is certainly the the, the this is the this is this is full strength right now for the Grizzlies at least in terms of the first 32 games. So it really makes you wonder what tonight's Kings game is going to look like or excuse me Spurs game is going to look like versus uh, the one they just turned in against the Kings which was not not very pleasant. Unless you're still out there rooting for Malik Monk, which hey, local guy, totally get it. He he dropped 27 points on the Grizz. But you got a Spurs team here that is not good. Wimby notwithstanding, so an opportunity perhaps for the Grizzlies to maybe string together some wins again. It will get a little bit more challenging <laughs> after San Antonio with Toronto, L.A., Phoenix, Dallas. And uh, the Clippers coming up. Of course, Toronto did just lose uh, a few games back to the Pistons, amazingly enough. But it's never exactly easy. That being said, this is this is as healthy as the Grizzlies have been in forever. Of course, it also helps to have John Morant back. And look, that was one of the biggest stories, I guess, regionally in all of 2023 was... John Morant just continuing to make poor decisions and finding himself suspended for 25 games. There was another, I'll call it incident, for lack of a better way to describe it, in the team's most recent win at New Orleans, where John Morant did a dance on the court and was kind of eviscerated for it. Now, it was a dance... And in fact, Quinn Ewers went out and did the same dance last night, also playing a game in New Orleans as John Morant did when he was on the court against the Pelicans. And let me tell you right now, the responses to those two dan- dan- dances were uh, wildly different. But uh, I-, I hope for good things in-, in 2024 for John Morant. I don't understand people rooting against him. I just don't. Why? So you can say you can say I told you so. Why do you want to cheer against a young man with that much talent? I don't understand it. Hope that twenty twenty four is a phenomenal year for John Morant and uh, and the Grizzlies. Nine three zero three seven seven six the number to call on the Right Fiber Hotline by Ritter Communications. Of course, Right Fiber is an internet provider that's different in all of the right ways. No contracts, no hidden fees, and you get unlimited data you can check availability for your area at rightfiber.com just really no takers on the new year's resolution question <laughs> today uh again we threw out two cabinetcars.com questions and one of them was do you make new year's resolutions 90 percent of you said no 90 90 percent of you are just not having it I guess you've tried it in the past. It didn't work out, so you just moved on. The first question we did throw out there for you was, 
your biggest, boldest sports prediction for 2024. And Rex uh, said that his prediction was that the showboats win it all. And I had to double check and make sure the Memphis showboats were still a thing. And, and the reason I, I had to double check is if, if you haven't kept up over the past few days, you know, the USFL and the XFL have merged. And so there was a question in terms of what the new league would look like moving forward. It is going to be called the United Football League. So there is no more USFL. There is no more XFL. It is now the UFL. They brought in a new coach. Memphis is going to continue to have a team. But other teams are no more. And I'm not exactly sure what that means. For example, the New Orleans Breakers are no longer a thing. So what happens to Jay Adams? There are some cool storylines going on there. I think uh, Ronnie Bingham and Chris Odom are going to be reunited as, as teammates. So that is going to be a fun story. But, again, just a weird, a weird situation there in the XFL, USFL, UFL. But again, what is your boldest prediction for 2024? That is our KavanaughCars.com question. Since apparently none of you, none of you are going to make New Year's resolutions at all. Okay, so I mean, to be fair, I didn't make New Year's resolutions either. So I can't exactly give you all grief for something I did not do myself. But I did at least like write down some goals of things I wanted to accomplish in 2024. You know, I wrote down some some different aspects of life where I could just do things better or differently that perhaps would bring me more peace of mind. But um, I guess I guess I'm all right on so many people saying thanks but no thanks <laughs> to the New Year's resolutions. I get it. Let's uh, let's step aside. It's time for a break. When we come back, we're going to be joined in studio by voice of the Red Bulls, Matt Stoltz. We'll ask about his New Year's resolutions, but more importantly, get caught up on all things A-State right after this here on The Ticket. When she's not watching sports, she's talking about sports. And when she's not talking sports, she's tweeting about it. All right, boys, how did I tweet on this thing? It's Tara Ritchie on the Workday Red Zone. This is Keith Bear from Bear Dodge Crouch with Jeep Ram. The wrap-up your sales event is going on now. Beard is the Christmas trees full of cash prizes. Yes, that's right. With every car purchase, you get to pick an envelope with Christmas cash. To plus that up, it's the end of the year, and we have amazing deals just for you. Looking for the perfect car, truck, van, or SUV? No problem. We got them. Save with the 15% off MSRP on new 2023 Gladiator Sports, or save with the 10% off MSRP on new 2023 Rams, plus no payments until March. Beard is 2023 and 2024 Grand Cherokees. You can save up to 10% off MSRP, plus no payments until March. Baird is in desperate need of your vehicle. Push it, pull it, or drive it in. We need it. Baird will buy your vehicle even if you don't buy ours. Check our low prices out at buybeard.com or come take a test drive at one of our seven Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram locations near you. All of us at Baird want to wish you a happy holidays and may God bless you and your families. Don't get a bad deal. Get a bad deal. Because why pay more? See for details. While serving in Vietnam, a grenade took my ability to see. Today, I'm a sculptor. Now, my fingers are my eyes. I'm Michael Naranjo. 
As a veteran, I know the challenges of life can be great. In my art, turning a lump of clay into something beautiful, that is worth doing. Life is like that. We each must use what we can to make things better. DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. Now, I show others how they can create something with their own hands. I know it can do a lot of good. With support from DAV, more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the world. Michael Naranjo, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. We all make choices. When it comes to alcohol, kids make choices whether to drink or not. Bye, Dad. Bye-bye. Remember, I'm going to Alex's party tonight and sleeping over. Hey, uh, have a seat for a second. Remind me about that party again. And adults make choices whether to talk about it. That's true of parents and every other trusted adult in a kid's life. Kids want to know our expectations when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. They want guidance and honest answers to their questions. And it makes a difference when the message is consistent and part of everyday conversations. So talk with your kids and help lead them on a positive path. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Papi. Yes, mija. I love walking around our block. <laughs> Me too. It's just like walking around the world, but it doesn't take as long. Hmm, that would take a long time. No, really. My friend Kayla's from India, and Lily's family is from China. And Beza travels a lot to see her family in Ethiopia. And don't forget the Murphys. I really like our neighborhood and all the families from different places. We're lucky, sweetie. We live in a diverse community. Diverse? Yeah. It's a place where people from all different backgrounds come together and live and share and appreciate everything that makes us special. I like it. Neighborhood diversity promotes a greater sense of engagement, teaches that stereotypes are wrong, and better prepares our children for the global community. To learn more about how the Fair Housing Act promotes diversity, visit hud.gov slash fairhousing. The Fair Housing Act prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, disability, and familial status. A message from the Department of Housing and Urban Development in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. Giving you 110% and taking it one show at a time. Here's Kara Ritchie. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Kara and Ryan with you in the Ticket Studio. Happily joined any second now by Voice of the Red Wolves, Matt Stoltz. I was about to send him another message and remind him that it is, in fact, Tuesday. But he has he has figured it out. He wrote it down on the Post-it. All good to go. And he's with us now. How are you? We just ended the podcast we, we were re- recording the podcast for this week and came straight in here so good timing good timing do you make new year's resolutions no absolutely not <laughs> who keeps their new year's resolutions i mean i'm sure somebody out there does maybe for a few weeks maybe even for a few months for some people but does any is anybody still talking about their new year's resolutions in 
April or May? All right, so like 90% of people... Have you made some? Because the way you're looking at me right now, you've made New Year's resolutions that you want to stick to. Not really, but I have... I I started a habit tracker, and I wrote down some overall, like, goals and things, like, to manifest for 2024. I wouldn't say necessarily, like, I was like, oh, I'm going to make a New Year's resolution to run every day. Never. (laughs) (laughs) Well... yeah, I mean, I, I think it is a good time to kind of hit the reset button and, you know, look at some of those possible bad habits. Okay. So I admire the fact that you've done that. I don't have any bad habits. I'm just talking about ways I can improve in 2024. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> uh, let us, I guess we'll start present day and, and, and work our way backwards and, and look at the tail end of 2023 for Arkansas State. Uh, you went to Atlanta a couple nights ago, A-State, playing the season opener at Georgia State. It was it was good, and then it was bad, and then it was good again, but it was not quite enough. Yeah, it was uh, an interesting game. You know, we had to go shorthanded again. We're still playing without Terrence Ford, and then had to go without Freddie Hicks, another starter in that game, because of just a really obscure back injury that he had in the Belmont game 10 days before, and hopefully Freddie's back really soon. But, um, yeah, so you're shorthanded to begin with on the road to open up conference play. And love the way we came out. Thought we got off to a good start. It was a really back-and-forth first half. I think there was something like nine ties and eight lead changes in the first half. But – you know, Georgia State goes on a big run of 14-2 to two to end the first half. We're down 11 at the break. Got down to 18 at one point with a little over 12 minutes to go. But, you know, we went to a 1-3-1 after that. And I thought that extended zone really threw them off. They really didn't have an answer for that. And, um, you know, it, it was good to see our guys kind of step up, come all the way back and tie it up with – you know, seven seconds to go with uh, Avery Feltz hitting his sixth three of the night. But unfortunately, you know, Avery and a couple of our other guys out there thought that, you know, the foot was on the line and thought we were still down one. And we end up committing a foul right after that. They go down, hit a couple of free throws. We still had a chance to tie the game. You know, got the ball in the front court, called timeout, had a really good play call. Caleb Fields goes to the line and Hits the first, but misses the second, and uh, you know you lose by one on the road. But I, I, I really, really like the effort in the second half to come back and make that a ball game. Coach Hodson has said he wants to see Avery Feltz shooting eight to nine threes a game. He took nine, hit six, including a couple that were contested and off balance, and at some points looked like they had no business going in, and, and they did some clutch threes at a couple key moments. Yeah, and that last one, I mean, the shot clock was running down. He had to double clutch a little bit. That was a tough shot. So I think with his weight going forward the way it was, maybe he he thought his toe was on the line. And they even did go back and and uh, look at that, and they confirmed it, it was a three. But... Um, I mean, you can understand Avery's thinking. He, had, he, Yes, you want him shooting threes. Yeah. And I don't think there's such a thing as a bad three for Avery Feltz. And 
Uh, I just love the way uh, he came out and performed the other night. I thought Caleb played a really good game. He was on the attack all night long and uh, was driving. He was getting fouled. Uh, we did leave some points at the line, and Coach Hodson talked about it in the post game that uh, you know there's some missed opportunities there. Uh, you probably left 11 points at the line in a game where you lose by one. So that's something you look back to uh, at the end. One more player to point out from that game. It, it felt like when uh, he was getting out there early on, I, he finished with 11 points, but I feel like Julian Luol kind of in the second half sparked the team a little bit with his rebounding. And he's been on a kind of fun upward trajectory over these past few games. Yeah, he's been playing a lot better. And I love his energy. I loved his energy last year, but I think he's a better player this season. I think being around uh, this coaching staff has helped him and – you know, he's been able to provide some big minutes off the bench, especially with Freddie out. And, you know, Freddie was out most of the Belmont game, too. So Julian's had to play a lot, and I think he's really performed well. So um, good to see him as part of the rotation, and, and I would expect to see, you know, much more of him going forward. We'll look ahead to uh, coming up this week for A-State here in just a moment. But we want to continue kind of flashing back. It's been, it's been 10 days since A-State lost to, to NIU in the, the Camellia Bowl as we switch sports and, and dive into some football. Kind it hasn't of, been that long. Yeah. I'm still not quite over the ending, but that's sorry. <laughs> None but, of us are. I mean, look, ten, 10 days removed, when you go back and you, and you look at that game, I mean, what's, what's kind of the, the key takeaway from that day in Montgomery? Well, I, I thought our defense played really, really well. I mean, we held them without a point the final nearly 40 minutes of that game and gave us a chance to win. And the the thing, and Brad and I were just talking about it on the, on the podcast thing about that game, you could tell really, really early on that both teams wanted to be there. And I know you and I talked all week long about how we could just sense the energy from our, our guys and everybody we talked to, you could tell they were ready to play a football game and excited to be there and wanted to, not only be there, but wanted to win. And, and uh, turns out NIU, you know, they were ready too. And, in fact, they uh, emptied the entire bag of tricks in that first half. I mean, we saw reverse passes and double passes and fake field goals that went for touchdowns and uh, surprise onside kicks. And it was just uh, – it was a lot that they threw at us. Yeah. And, and I thought even through all that, our guys – uh, kept their heads. Uh, we got down 21-7 to at one point, able to you know, get it back to within eight at the break, and it stayed 21-13 forever in the second half. And, you know, we finally get in the end zone there at the end. We missed the two but still had an opportunity, and it's just unfortunate that that offsides call was made. And, you know, we didn't have a, a chance to, you know, just drive the ball maybe 15, 20 yards in a little over a minute and, and give you know, Dominic Zavada a shot at a game-winning field goal, which uh, I felt like we had a lot of momentum based yeah. on the drive before. you you got to feel that if if the correct call is made, we're most likely going to go down and, and win the ball game. But uh, unfortunately, that's not what happened. And, look, I, I thought Coach Jones handled it as well as anybody ever could after the game. He was uh, – he was first class in his comments, and he said, yes, you know, you would have liked to have seen what would have happened, but there were some other missed opportunities sure. in that ball game that, that you look back at. Overall, though, 
I, I think the sense is um, this was still a very, very encouraging season, and we made a big step this year. I think this is a, a team that's going to contend for a conference championship next year, and there's no reason not to think that with uh, the way this program's trending and and uh, the progress we made this year and uh, the guys we have coming back. So I can't wait till August 31st when UCA is in town. I mean, you led into to what I was going to bring up next because there. That, that's how in sync we are. Yeah, <laughs> we have, we did spend a lot of time together in Montgomery. Uh, but, uh, I mean, there are years where it's maybe not fair to have sky-high expectations. 2024 does not seem like one of those. You look at the talent, you look at the youth, yeah. you look at six wins. I mean, how, is is it fair to to expect to see this team in, in the Sunbelt Conference Championship game in 2024? I think that is a uh, fair expectation. And, you know, it, it's it's fun to talk that way again. Yeah. And I know there's a whole lot of time between now and August 31st that we're going to talk about it. But I, I think that uh, Coach Jones has this program, you know, uh, going into year four as, or year three, as he calls it. He, he refers to year one as year, year zero when he was kind of putting his culture in place. But um, I, I think this, this program is in a very good position to do some big things next year. That is in the distant future in 2024, the more near future. We got hoops actually in Jonesboro this Thursday for Arkansas State men's basketball, which yeah, is that's not strange. Yeah, not something we've been able to say very much uh, as of late. Kind of interesting, you know, going to be hosting Georgia Southern, a team that was over until Saturday. Until but, it counted. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden got that win in conference play. What's, what's the story with the Eagles this year? Well, I mean, they're... Like us, they've got a former Alabama uh, assistant coach as a head coach now, and uh, they're um, they played a very difficult uh, non-conference schedule. Now, you know they went winless. I mean, they're uh, they were zero and twelve leading up to Saturday, but um, you know they're one and zero in conference play. And not only did they pick up their first win, they won handily against Southern Miss. So I, I'm sure this is a team that's feeling. Very confident, and um, they're certainly thinking about 1-0 and instead of 1-12 and uh, when they come in here. But uh, I'm looking forward to our guys playing at home, and hopefully we're a little bit healthier. You know, once we are able to uh, get to full strength, I can't wait to see what our guys can do. I mean, you're missing a couple of key pieces the other yeah. day with Terrence Ford and, and Freddie Hicks, and still you're right there with a, a fantastic shot to win on the road against a, a pretty good Georgia State team. So uh, I, I, li- I still like the way our guys are trending. I, I love the way we were going before uh, Sunbelt play began with you know, the second half against Alabama and the performances against UAB and Louisville. And then uh, even the Belmont game, I thought we played really, really well for, for most of it. So, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of things to be excited about. And this is – this is our first time that we've been home since that yeah. Louisville game. So I think our fans are excited to uh, see see our guys play at home again, and they're going to get four games in a row to do that. Do you think there's any smack talk going on this week between Coach Hodson and Coach Henry? I don't know. I don't know if I dare to smack talk Ryan Hodson. <laughs> Maybe not smack talk, just, just some light ribbing and some text messages. Well, there might be some of that. Okay. 
I probably wouldn't smack talk Brian Hudson either. That's <laughs> probably not a good probably not a good plan. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how those guys, uh, what kind of, I guess, like mental battles going on on the sidelines with a couple of guys that seem like they probably know each other incredibly well. I would think so. Tell us about the podcast this week. You know, we just recap, um, you know, it was our, our first chance to recap everything that, that happened at the end of the year, the whole bowl week experience, signing day, um, you know, basketball, everything that's going on with that. But we, we cover a lot and uh, we'll get that released tomorrow. Okay. Second to none podcast. First of 2024 as we, we kind of put a lid on 2023 and, and look ahead to hopefully what is a huge 2024. Anything else going on? I'm glad to uh, finally be feeling a little bit better again. You know, you and I were texting because... You know, I, I I even said a little prayer before bowl week. I knew people were starting to get sick. My own daughter was sick for uh, a few days before I left. I'm like, God, please get me through the bowl game. And he did. But about Christmas Eve afternoon, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was down for several days. And I know you were, too. We were both sick. So I'm glad we're finally on the back end of this thing. Yeah, I'm over it. Like, I'm not even sick anymore. I'm just mad. I'm mad that I was sick. <laughs> well, you had the week off last week, so... So I can do things. Yeah. Not so I can sit at home exactly. and I, I know chug cough medicine. That's that's not the way you want to spend your vacation. I need time. a day off to do the things that I was supposed to do on all my days off. I see you're still stocked up on cough drops, though. <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to make it through two hours. <laughs> There's been a couple. You got two bags in here. I, I do. I do. And I've got the cough syrup in the bag. I took that before I actually went on air. So, that's so a, far, so good. good. That's a veteran move. One more segment to go, and thankfully a commercial break to sit through before then. <laughs> but thanks You're for, doing great. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we will step aside one more break. We'll come back and wrap up today's Workday Red Zone right after this here on The Ticket. The only sports host around that has a dog named Crash Davis. And when you speak of me, speak well. Kara Ritchie on the Workday Red Zone. Crack screen on your phone or tablet. It's going to be okay. It happens. Get it fixed up and protected at Cell Phone Station in Jonesboro. For all screen repairs on your smartphone, tablet, iPad, or Apple Watch, call 203-0993. All iPhone screens replaced in 20 minutes. Oh, yes, just 20 minutes to have it back looking like new. While you're there, check out Cell Phone Station's selection of phone and iPad accessories, shock-resistant and waterproof cases, tempered glass screen protectors, chargers, pop sockets, wallet cases, and slim covers for most phone models. Generic OtterBoxes start at only $25, and they're always buy one, get one free. Come on by. Get your iPhone fixed in just 20 minutes at Cell Phone Station. We buy and sell AT&T, Verizon, and Straight Talk phones. And make sure you ask about our custom engraving and embroidery, all done in 20 minutes. Cell phone station in the Highland Shopping Center at the corner of Red Wolf and Highland in Jonesboro near Fuji Steakhouse. Cell phone station, home of the 20 minute iPhone repair. Get your iPhone back glass fixed now at Cell Phone Station. Go by for details. Jim's Pawn Shop in Jonesboro wants to help you with your stress about paying bills by giving you top dollar for all of your gold and silver jewelry or coins. Deal with local people who will be there for you this week and the next. Jim's Pawn Shop at 3711 East Highland has been in business for over 25 years and is known for the best loan terms in the area. Jim's will give you money on almost 
almost anything of value. You'll find a large selection of items at price to help your budget. Diamonds, musical instruments, video games, hunting gear, electronics, inventory changes daily. Visit Jim's Pawn Shop at 3711 East Highland in Jonesboro. Voted best to the best six years in a row. First Security has been putting our home state first since 1932. Helping fellow Arkansans and their families buy homes, grow businesses, and build futures. Today, First Security is still committed to helping you bank better, providing local solutions and local support in the places we love too. It's community banking with people you know and people you know you can count on. First Security. Bank better. FSBank.com. Member FDIC. Now. We tend not to think about now. We dream about tomorrow, relive yesterday. But sometimes we don't see what's right in front of us. Victory over cancer is in front of us. Right now, cancer research is saving lives. Cancer research funded by the V Foundation is leading to new discoveries and new treatments. And ultimately, one day, victory over cancer. Right now, one out of every two men and one out of every three women will get cancer in their lifetime. Now is your moment. You may save someone you love. The V Foundation has the skill, the speed, and the strength to achieve victory over cancer. Because today's cancer research is tomorrow's victory. Learn more at V.org. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Look up, look down, look around. Look up, look down, look around. In the trees and on the ground. Because ALB must be found. If you're hearing this... You should be concerned about the Asian longhorn beetle, an invasive species that's destroying our trees. But you can help. Look for the signs and help stop the beetle. Look up, look down, look around. Look up, look down, look around. In the trees and on the ground, because ALB must be found. Some signs of the ALB are dime-sized holes on tree trunks, a sawdust-like material called frass, and the beetle itself, with a long black body and white spots. Look up, look down, look around, look up, look down, look around. In the trees and on the ground, cause ALB must be found. Learn all the signs and how to report them at AsianLonghornedBeetle.com. That's AsianLonghornedBeetle.com. You've already mailed it in at work today, so you might as well keep it right here. Back to the Workday Red Zone. Home stretch here on the Workday Red Zone. I feel like we screwed up too much on our first day back. Out all last week. Hope everybody else is getting back settled into the swing of things. It's Christmas, The week between Christmas and New Year's is, is just weird. It's always weird. Never, Nobody ever really knows what day it is. <laughs> what, uh, what bowl games you're supposed to be watching. What else is going on. So it's just a little bit of an adventure to get back to work the next week and, and just try and be a functional human again. But more or less, we made it today. We've asked you a couple of KavanaughCars.com questions. One, what's your biggest, boldest sports prediction for 2024? And then two, do you make New Year's resolutions? I don't even know why I asked the second one because clearly nobody makes New Year's resolutions anymore anymore. 
And I need to just make a note to self to never ask any of you that ever, ever again, because that's how lopsided the voting was. So we'll just throw that one out uh, for future reference. Uh, But uh, coming up this week should be a fun week. Uh, Not sure what we'll dive into tomorrow. I do believe Keith Merritt will be in studio with us, though. So looking forward to that. Uh, Thursday, we'll get you ready for some Arkansas State Sunbelt hoops. And then Friday, of course, getting ready for a busy weekend. So it should be a good time coming up. Got to do a little bit of a reset here for the year. And also tomorrow, I think, uh, what did we mention earlier? Maybe we'll look back over the Arkansas State State 2023 season overall. Got some stats. Y'all know I like my numbers. Got some stats to throw at you tomorrow. So we'll look at the big picture on the season. And talk more about that. And uh, who knows what else we'll dive into. Looking around to see if there's any headlines we missed before we get out of here. Which, of course, there's several since we haven't talked to you in well over a week. But nothing necessarily crazy that is trending in terms of the overall headlines on ESPN.com. And nothing significant that we missed. Stories coming up. Uh, In addition to what we mentioned locally, this time of year, one of my favorite things to do, and if you're a baseball nerd, you're going to be right here with me, is to keep tabs on the Hall of Fame tracker. Several years ago, a guy by the name of Ryan Thibodeau started tracking Hall of Fame ballots. So when different baseball writers would put out, you know, on, on their in terms of like articles or things like that, they would post who they voted for with their Hall of Fame voting. He would start to gather all of those votes and put it all in a spreadsheet. So ahead of the Hall of Fame announcement, people could kind of get a little bit of a picture of who was going to be in and who was going to be out. I'm not sure when exactly Thibodeau started that, but now it's turned into like a thing. Like literally every single voter who posts their votes ahead of uh, the Hall of Fame announcement will send those to Thibodeau, and then he has a giant spreadsheet. So right now, about a quarter of the expected ballots that are going to be cast are known. They're out there. And just looking at what we might can expect this year, right now, Adrian Beltre almost looks like he's going to be a lock. It's his first year on the ballot. 98% of the voters that have responded so far uh, voted yes for Beltre. Todd Helton, in his sixth year on the ballot, is it 82%? Reminder, you got to have 75% or more of the vote to get in. He's at 82%, so he's looking good, but again, it's early. Same thing for Joe Maurer in his first year of the ballot. He's at 82%. And then one other guy that could potentially go in this year, Billy Wagner right now at 79% on his ninth year on the ballot. So I, again, I, I like to keep up with that. I like to see these percentages. I think it's cool. I can tell you that Matt Holliday has a Hall of Fame vote. He's polling at 1%. I don't think that's going to be enough to get him in. But I really do enjoy following. Following those votes. And I think it's pretty cool to look at. That is a wrap on today's Workday Red Zone. Really appreciate everybody who hung out with us today. Whether you're listening in or whether you called or commented online. Thank you for spending your afternoon with us. Keep it here. The Drive with Kate and Wes is on the way next, followed by, or excuse me, Dan Patrick's on the way next, followed by The Drive. Sam Rusty, a little bit out of the habit. 
Have it here with us in the morning for the Front Row with Budrow at 7 a.m. RWRC Radio is off, but we'll be back tomorrow at noon for more of the Workday Red Zone. For Ryan, I'm Kara. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Can't wait to talk to you then. Have a great, great afternoon.